So what ended up happening at work yesterday? Just working. Yeah, you said you were going to be sore. How sore are you? Pretty sore. Yeah. Yeah, my body hurts. Was it down to Murray the whole entire week, or did you go somewhere else on Saturday? No, it was Murray. And it's going to be Murray all next week. Got to be finished. We got to finish it on Friday. Okay. Is it just regular trim, or is it the final touches? It's commercial on the rough oh. phase. Okay. That's not bad. So what, a big warehouse or something? Uh, It's like an office building. Mm. Mm. A lot of pipe bending. Yeah. What's working on the shadows? This podcast contains material and language that may be disturbing to some listeners. While not explicit, listener discretion is advised. David and Shane discuss their random paranormal adventures and stories. We dive into paranormal cases from the past and the present. We also talk about what got us into the paranormal, the highlights, and the scary moments while on our adventures. This is Shane, and you are listening to Bear River Paranormal Podcast. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. This podcast represents the views and opinions of David and Shane and their guests to the show. The views and opinions are for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique to their experiences, knowledge, and research, any and all opinions expressed does not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of any Bear River Paranormal group member, nor any member of the paranormal community as a whole. Alright everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to us. My name is Shane. And I'm David. And on today's episode of the BRP Podcast, we are going to be talking about my group. But before we get into that particular topic, we have some updates for you. So on the last episode you guys listened to, we were talking about the 2022 Para-X. The dates on that is the 14th and 15th, correct, David? Of October. Of October. Officially. And once we get more information, the times and everything like that, we will definitely drop those on our uh, podcast page and on the group page as well. And we will also update you guys as long as we go. We also stopped at a gem fair. David, do you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, it was in, uh, was it the Davis County Center? Yeah. Thingamajig in Layton. In Layton. Um, a little guy. I mean, the room wasn't that big. I would say that there was probably 15 vendors, max. Yeah, like 15 to 25 vendors. It took us a couple hours to get through the whole entire thing. But uh, a lot of people who were local, Ogden area, North Ogden, that I've never even heard of. It was interesting uh, running, running into a few of those people. Oh, yeah, definitely. What were some of the stones that you purchased there, David? The biggest one that's my favorite one, I forget what she said what it was because it had three different stones like mixed in it. It was like a slab Mm -hmm. and it was like a a blue, black with a little bit of like I think green in it. Yeah. 
because I had like, yeah, I had three different stones in. I don't remember what all three stones there were, but that one was probably my favorite one. Yeah, it was definitely a beautiful slab, especially when we uh, put a light on the back end of it and shine through some of the colors and everything. It looked really good. And then same same vendor, I got the blue Labrador, not Labradorite, fluorite, blue fluorite, mm-hmm. which uh, I think is a, a, a rare type of fluorite. Yeah. Yeah, and I, uh, you picked up the fatter uh tower of them and then i ended up picking up uh, the smaller version of it but i got the same thing as david and it is absolutely gorgeous so we'll definitely be posting up pictures of that what else did you end up getting um i think that was all i got i know uh sadie got a few few other things but i don't remember what she got yeah i know i picked up like i said that blue uh that bluish fluorite which is really gorgeous we'll take pictures of that and then i picked up a huge slab of rose quartz and then do you remember what that free stone was that i got we looked it up and oh it was moonkite that's right yeah moonkite a, a, a tight well she said moonkite but it's really moonkite like yeah. say it without the n yeah but it just it didn't look like regular moonkite because it was like a solid color Mm-hmm. Where Mookat usually has like a bunch of variation of like little light oranges, light browns, dark browns, mm-hmm. colors mixed. Where this was just like a solid color. Yeah, that's why it was a little confusing. But there are variations of Mookat that is just a solid color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. And that one uh, was like a promotional thing. If you were to go follow her on Instagram, she gave you a free stone. Out of like a, well, it was like four or five different stones that she had, so that's the one that I decided to take anyway. But outside of that, I was a good boy. I only spent money on two stones, and I got one for free. So I guess I, I ended up faring pretty good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I get to the point where we go to these gem fairs where we really only buy. I can only really buy one or two because I pretty much have everything else. So something really has to catch my eye in order for mm-hmm. me to want to get it. Otherwise, I'd be like, yeah, it's pretty stone, but I have one like that, you know. And so then I don't mm-hmm. feel the need to binge buy a bunch of stones because I have a decent amount of them already. Yeah, yeah. So that that helps. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. And and I like your the way that you're going about getting your stones now. You're more getting the the uh, the carved free form, you know, the unique looking stones versus just raw or slabbed or polished or anything like that. Like I've been getting lately. Yeah, I definitely like when they're a shape of something, just because I feel like it's more unique. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't. I mean, they they had a couple of skulls. I I have some skulls, and I don't want to just collect a bunch of skulls. I like the skulls for what they are, but yeah, I don't I don't really gravitate towards the skulls that much anymore. Yeah. Than when I first saw them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that place that we went to didn't really have a variation of carved stones. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I liked about that place that uh, I saw a lot was uh, the copper bending that they're yeah. doing. Yeah. Like that one booth. With the uh, well, which one? The one with the the necklaces, or the one with the the, the lights? Uh, the one with the necklaces, though, where she used those co- she used copper and she 
she created a way where it looked very artistic with the stuff that she was putting with them and everything. I think Sadie bought something from that booth. Yes, she did. It was like a cat pendant with a purple little or pink stone behind it. Yeah. And then just around the borders of it was like copper wiring wrapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely a very, very, very interesting booth, and I really loved the the artwork that she that she did with the copper and stones and everything like that. It was definitely very unique, and I haven't seen that in any of the other places that I've ever been to. But I'm liking the the wrapped tr- trees, you know, the, the silver or copper trees yeah. that are that are wrapped around things. Yeah, I'm really liking those. Yeah, let's see. Uh, there wasn't really. Oh, those agate slices you guys were looking at were were very very beautiful as well. Oh, like the first booth we or second booth we went to. Yeah. Yeah, there was a bunch. There were some that like they looked like glass. They were like blue and green. There were there were some good good pieces there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that was fun. I think. Let's see. And then there was something else that we were wanting to go to as well. There was the tattoo fair, the tattoo expo, and then what else was on that same day or same weekend? Oh, um, so yeah, it was the tattoo expo, and then it was like the oh spirit con, the spirit con, yeah, the metaphysical. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's that that same. I think it's in March that's or June. In, no, it's June. It's in June. I thought it was September. Let me double check because I did update the list on Facebook for our fans and followers to see what events are going on locally or at least around Utah anyway. So let's take a little gander here. I'm pretty sure it's June because we were talking about Cassidy's birthday is the first week of June. Yeah. And then after that, it's going to be the tattoo fair and the spiritual con on the same weekend. Weekend, yeah. And we were going to go to Friday, the tattoo one, and then Saturday, the spiritual one. Sweet. Yeah, because it's uh, June 4th through the 5th, uh, 2022, SpiritCon. And then there's uh, PhenomCon and, and Vernal. That's happening in September, so that's where I was getting confused. Mm. Um, Para-X is in October. And then Witchstock. Are you interested in going to that one? Sounds witchy. Yeah, that one's on October 22nd, and it's at the Ogden City Amphitheater. Oh, is that is that the one by 25, 25th Street in that open area? Let me pull it up here. I think it is. Because that's like the only amphitheater. Located on the corner of historic 25th Street in Washington in the Municipal Gardens Park in Ogden, Utah. Yeah, I know where that's at. Yeah, that's where they usually do like the Christmas Village and stuff like that every year. Yeah, uh, right, yeah near that area. Yeah. Because uh, the Ogden City Library is uh, west... Or east. Yeah. Southeast of, of that amphitheater. Yeah. So if you guys want to see the same list that we are referencing, we have a pin post on the Bear River Paranormal page. If you go uh, there on Facebook, it's one of the pinned posts there where it talks about public investigations. And then there's also metaphysically type events going on in the state of Utah. So definitely go and check that out. Um, and then we also, we have our merch store. We've also updated the merch store as well. So we are now offering more designs, different designs. 
uh, for children, adults, mugs, pillows, everything like that. I know David has already purchased some merch uh, prior to the update, and I've already added a few more shirts to the store since then. So we definitely recommend checking it out. Which one was your favorite, David? The podcast one with yeah. the, the, the red floating Wendigo creature thingy. Yeah. That one's definitely pretty cool. What do you think of the more uh, kid-friendly ones that I made? Um, I liked all the the new the Bigfoot ones that you got up there. Yeah. I mean, we need to go Bigfoot hunting this summer. I yeah. Think that'd be very cool. Well, now that I have a four by four, we and with plenty of room, we can definitely do that. Um, but yeah, I like them. I like all the pillows. The throw pillows. I think every design looks good on the pillows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the podcast shirt is uh is probably my fave. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was fun creating the newest shirts, especially the Sasquatch ones. I need to get more alien ones up there. But I like the the Sasquatch research team, the Gone Squatch in, uh, the Bigfoot logo, especially the yellow one. I kind of like that one. Yeah, um, yellow one's interesting because that's not like a common shirt people wear is yellow. Yeah, but for some reason that one just, I kind of like that one. So I might yeah. buy that one. And then the more kid-friendly ones like the bear and the canoe on the river and the ghost right next to it. And then the trio of, you know, supernatural stuff, cryptoids and all that good jazz. That one was pretty fun too, to uh, create as well. Yes. But we definitely recommend you checking it out. It's at tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash Bear River Paranormal with hyphens in between Bear River and Paranormal. We definitely check it out. The link is also going to be in the description of this podcast. Any shirt that you guys buy helps us with our future endeavors. So that would be investigations, equipment, help us buy merch for group members that cannot afford to buy merch at this time you know stuff like that every shirt that you guys buy definitely helps us out and hopefully we get enough money so we can upgrade our podcast equipment so that way we can bring you more quality better sounding type podcasts in the future so every sale definitely benefits us so definitely check it out Hey everybody, the sponsor of today's episode is Anchor, the platform that we use at the BRB Podcast for our podcast. Anchor is an awesome web-based distribution type platform, kind of like Spreaker and some of those other platforms out there that allows people to host their podcasts. But here's the caveat. There is no caveat. It's free. Free? Yeah, free. Unlike some of the other streaming platforms that we've used in the past, like Spreaker, they limit you on how many episodes you can upload. They limit you on how many demographics and charts and stuff like that that you want to see and see how your podcast is doing. So Anchor provides all that for free. You can upload. You can have as many episodes as you want for how long it needs to be. They give you all of the graphs and charts needed so that way you can keep track of your progress on how well you're doing for your podcast. And they also give you the option to help monetize your episodes as well. 
by either giving you some sponsorships or you obtain some sponsorships. We definitely, definitely recommend checking out Anchor for all of your podcast needs because us at BRP Podcast, we are a self-funded podcast. So the fact that we can use internet-based platform for free and they give us all the tools to make us successful is why we give them two thumbs up. So we definitely recommend you check out Anchor. The link is in the description of this podcast. We would love for you to check them out and let them know that we sent you over to them. Thanks, Anchor. Now for the topic of today's episode. Visions on where I see my group going. Now, I have owned and operated Bear River Paranormal since 2013. We are going to be going on eight years this year, if my math serves me correctly, David. Um, what'd you say, 2009? 2013. 13? Let's see, because I've been with your group for almost, definitely five years, because my history on Facebook came up of when we went to the Washoe Club five years ago. Yep. So, potentially almost six years now from when I've been on the group. Yeah. So, I created my group officially on um, April 1st of 2013. March 25th is when I started interviewing people and getting the group together and everything and it was and it became official on October 1st or not October on April 1st of 2013. So I'm going on eight years of owning my group and running my group and everything and I've been in the paranormal for 10 years. It's been one hell of a ride. It's been a really wild ride. I mean, we've had some ups, we've had our downs, we've had our issues. Um, At one point in time, my group uh, survived only having two or three group members, and at the most, we've had eight or nine group members. You know, it's, it's been definitely a wild ride, that's for sure. Now, before we get started in the meat and potatoes of it, David, what were your thoughts uh, on the whole entire group from when you started till now? Well, you've been in three different homes since I joined your group. That is true. Um, the beginning was interesting because uh, there was there was a guy that you had on your group, but then I like saw him the first time I went to your first place, and then... That was it. Never heard anything from him ever again. And then it's just been you and me as like, well, literally the only guys on the group this entire this entire time, which is interesting because of just out of all the years looking for this, it seems like women are more heavily involved in the field, I think, than than men. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I'm sure there's tons of guys out there who are in it, but just based on what I've seen here in Utah and with other groups that we've dealt with in other places, the majority of it is women. Yeah, which men are a lot harder to interview, a lot harder to... I, Not, not saying that the male species is a very hard species to get along with and to train and everything like that, but... If anybody knows males, we're all prideful, we're all hard-headed, narrow-minded sometimes, stuff like that. It's just it's a lot harder to interview males 
that actually have the same thoughts, drives, passion as the person that runs the group. Now, that doesn't mean that I won't give any males a chance. In fact, we have another male in the group. His name is Fred. He's an older gentleman, a, a huge sweetheart. He's got a heart bigger than the world, very knowledgeable person. And we've hired him onto the group with his wonderful wife, Tracy. But there have been a few males that I've interviewed, tried to hire onto the group and everything. And they've either turned me down or they'll join the group, but then they'll be worthless to be quite honest with you. And the person that David is referencing, he only went on one investigation. He referred us to a couple of, of locations that uh, turned into investigations and he couldn't even bother to show up to his own leads investigations. So that's the type of problem that I've had trying to hire males to the group. Now, it was nice having hiring David because, you know, he was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and he was willing to learn. And he was willing to to let me teach him what he needs to know. And then from there, he's flourished since then. That's the type of mentality that I look for. Now, set aside your experiences with the paranormal. Set aside your research with the paranormal and everything. When I hire you onto my group, I'm going to train you in a way that works for my particular group. Now, some people need training. Some people don't need training, and I completely understand that. But as long as you keep an open mind and you listen to instructions and you listen to how we do things for my group, it makes things ten times easier. But yeah, that's that's the backstory on why there's been hardly any males on this group and it's been primarily females because to be quite honest with you, females are a lot easier to get along with. They never challenge you unless they feel like what you're saying is completely wrong, which, you know, we're all human. Sometimes we're wrong. Sometimes we're right. But generally speaking, it's a lot easier to interview and hire females onto the group, not not saying that it's just an only females thing it's just that's just been my experience i know some groups out there that hire a bunch of males or a bunch of females will have their own different experiences but this has just been what i've experienced but anyway go on david so yeah that was the beginning and then it uh, just kind of i mean five years six years that's gone by pretty fast it doesn't feel like we've been doing this for that long yeah yeah i agree Especially when you say that you've been on the group for like five to six years, and I'm like, God, it's been that long. Yeah, it, it definitely has. But, I mean, I really don't regret anything we've done up to this point, honestly. Yeah, yeah, same here. I mean, despite the goods and the bads that we've gone through with everything, um, I just think of it more as learning opportunities of everything that's uh, ha happened to us, but... I mean, yeah, I, I don't hold really any grudges against anything that has happened to us. So, uh, we just move on and try to continue to to grow. Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, I just the 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 weird thing is in my head is uh, whether or not our differences is successfulness is whether we were small versus where we have we're big like group member wise yeah um i think the more people we get the harder it's going to be to manage uh everything versus when you're small it's easier to to do things but it gets hard when you are small because you have you know 
one to two people doing the most work Mm -hmm. versus when you hope to get big to delegate more of that responsibility to Mm -hmm. other people Mm -hmm. but it's hard because they have to be they have to feel like they're leading the group as well because if they don't have that mentality of you know this is my group well i want it to succeed they're not going to be putting in the effort to do the the hard work yeah yeah and that's most of my experience of running my paranormal group is you know we we've hired some really good investigators for this group and they are more than willing to do anything they'll bend their backward they'll bend their backs backwards to 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 accommodate and everything like that and then i've also hired group members that all they ever did was argue uh they wouldn't listen they wouldn't do anything that i would tell them to do they would tell other investigators while i'm not in the room that they're not going to listen to me blah 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 blah, and i'm just not going to put up with that shit and so they've been they've been annexed and 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 uh excommunicated from the rest of the team and everything like that too because i just don't have any time patience to deal with that kind of shit you know and there's been some group members that are just there you know what i mean they're along for the ride but they're not putting forth any work or much work if not any at all and that's also a problem too and that's why we kind of wanted to talk about what i wanted to see come out of my group in the future because I don't think a lot of people realize that ma- managing and maintaining a paranormal group is like having two full-time jobs. Because you got to make sure that everybody is doing what they're supposed to do. You need to make sure that you know they're following up on their leads. They're doing their evidence review. They're posting on on social media to drum up some leads and everything like that. And and don't get me wrong, I'm not perfect. Like I've definitely lacked sometimes on that aspect. You know, I'm only human, and quite frankly, if anything, between uh, myself, you've also posted a couple times, Rebecca has posted a couple times, Alyssa has, I believe Alex has, uh, Kathleen's posted a couple times, and I think Diana posted like once or twice, and that's about it, you know? But the wonderful thing about Facebook is you can pre-schedule posts to come out at a certain date and time frame, and they allow you to... Uh, pre-post up to three months in advance so that's been kind of a godsend when it comes to Facebook at least and once and then once they integrated you know Instagram into Facebook now you can cross post again across you know those two platforms and if you want to throw in a little bit more in the mix you can also attach your Twitter account to your Facebook and then once you tweet something or you post something it will go to all your social medias so that's been kind of a uh a very uh very helpful asset when it comes to managing pages and everything but investigators definitely need to post up more interact with our fans you know drum up some leads and everything like that so between that and everything else it's just it's it's really hard to run a group and this is just first you're hearing it from from my mouth after running my group for eight plus years it's hard it's mentally tasking it's mentally draining it's definitely frustrating and david has seen that type of frustration come out of me numerous times you know but i wouldn't replace it for anything you know even though it 
wears me down. I am still proud that I've started and maintained a group for this long. And a lot of other teams can't say the same thing. Yeah, no, that's that's very good for what we, uh, you in particular, uh, have done. But um, you got to think, too, with other people in, in our group with uh, responsibility and stuff. And I don't think they are realizing as well as how much uh, cleansings that you do just outside of just on your own. You know, it's not really group related, mm-hmm. but you're still having to do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're doing this, you're editing this, you're trying to uh, get leads also lined up, you know, talking to people, trying to get schedule investigations. And then, you know, you have the evidence review and everything stuff, clipping it, mm-hmm. driving all the way to, you know, where the client's house is, presenting it to them. And you're doing all this. So you're, you're correct. And it's a second job, basically, because all your free time is essentially going to doing more work into this. Mm-hmm. after the fact because I think because you you primarily work you know on the computer for your day-to-day life yep and then you get on the computer after work to do more of this so you're literally on the computer 24 7 yeah literally and uh, long long enough for me to sleep and then I'm back on the computer again five to six days a week I mean it's it's definitely it's it's mentally draining it definitely is but I wouldn't replace it for anything now before when I used to work in the restaurant industry and I didn't have to deal with computer stuff I think it made it a lot easier to do evidence review because then I would just be tired and so I could just sit in front of a computer for four or five hours relaxing while watching evidence review versus you know already been on the computer for nine hours for my job and then have to be on the computer for another four or five hours after that it's definitely mentally tasking on anybody's psyche to be honest with you and that could go against across the board. I mean, you got content creators that, for example, that play video games for a living and they get paid to play video games and then they have to turn around and edit their own videos and everything. So they're constantly seeing screen time, you know, and there's other content creators out there as well that have to spend multiple hours in front of a computer creating their their stuff, even though they're the content that they are creating doesn't necessarily revolve around a computer, but they still have to be in front of that computer for hours on end to do the editing process. So I definitely, I definitely understand that. And it's definitely a mentally tasking thing. For sure. For sure. But, uh, I mean, group wise, I think we're going to potentially get better. I know I feel, I fear the, the bigger we try to get, there's going to be more people, uh, are going to try to destroy us essentially because mm-hmm. I, th- I think uh, a couple of years ago we were still small enough that everyone kind of knew who we were but didn't really pay much attention to us but now I think we're getting to the point where a lot of people know who we are and a lot mm-hmm. of people just don't not that they don't like us personally maybe but are, are just wanting us not to be uh, as big as we're getting yeah not to sound too cocky like we're some hot shot group out here, but just the more we grow, uh, my biggest fear that I've always told you, Shane, is the, the bigger you get, the more people are going to try to tear you down. Yeah, and you're not wrong on that aspect. You know, when I started my group, we didn't know that there were other paranormal groups outside of Cash Valley, to be honest with you. We only knew of Cash Valley Paranormal, Intermountain Paranormal Research, and then there was a couple... There was one more over the mountain that I knew about when I first started my group. And 
in the first like four years, I would say, three to four years. We didn't really interact with any of the other groups, to be honest with you. And then once I started uh, broadening my horizons and discovering that there are other paranormal groups out there in Utah, and we started going to some of the events, talking with other groups, and started rubbing you know, elbows with them, and it, it definitely opened up doors for us, and people started realizing who we are. But like David said, now we're getting to the point now where people definitely know who we are. And th this is the sad thing about this field. Like, we are a strong believer in paranormal unity. Always have and always will. If another team needs our help, I'm more than willing to help. And if we need another team's help, I'll reach out to other teams and ask for their help. You know what I mean? But backstabbing, shit-talking, and all that good jazz is running rampant in this area between the other teams and everything. It's just, it's paradrama. And I don't know if other paranormal groups across the United States experience the exact same thing, you know, running into teams that are territorial and get really super irritated if you go into their turf to investigate a location that's on their turf, you know, that's kind of the, some of the stuff that we've been experiencing or we've had other teams just basically trash talk us and, and try to get us to lose clients that way as well and really that's not a fair thing for anybody to do i don't purposely go out there and shame another group for them wanting to do the paranormal stuff the only time i would ever speak out against the team if they did anything nefarious to cause me to call them out on their on their shit now we'll go more in depth on the next episode of the brp podcast about that but that's just kind of the stuff that we've been experiencing that goes along with what david said is the bigger we get there's going to be more and more people that are going to try to tear us down and that's one of my biggest fears you know i definitely i wanted to, to broaden our horizons i wanted to be able to go to multiple different states and help out clients and everything but that also comes with the cost. Other groups are starting gonna starting to uh, figure us out, start to figure out who we are and everything, and then they start getting irritated when we're getting investigations and they're not, and that just you know that causes that causes a snowball effect. So, to what David said, yeah, I definitely agree. There are gonna be people that are gonna try to tear us down bit by bit, or try to infiltrate us and try to tear us apart. And for those people that are willing to do that to another team, I hope you know that there is a special place in hell for people like you. I, th I think, I think our, uh, horizon, um, for what we have planned in the future, um, is bright for sure. You know, and what we're doing, um, investigation wise has been, very minimal of late um but i'm sure at some point i think we're just gonna i think we're everyone's just kind of waiting for uh this weather to start getting nicer and then i think we'll get an uptick in yeah. a lot of our our stuff that we're gonna be doing here soon yeah yeah this has definitely been an uncharacter uncharacteristically slow season for us the past four to five years we've been busy during the winter time and for some reason this year once december was over with we kind of just fell on our faces to be honest with you the cleansings have been about the same you know it's been about one to two cleansings a week has been the consistency for the last month and a half to be honest but 
Investigation-wise, it definitely did dry up, but we have a list of locations that we wanted to go check out this coming spring, summer, and fall. So we'll definitely be busy on that. But ultimately, for the future for my group, I just want us to succeed. I want us to help every single client that we interact with. That's why we keep going to these expos. That's why we keep on reaching out to people and seeing if they need our help because it's in my blood to help people out and it's not something that I can easily ignore. You know, if I hear that, you know, this client of ours is being tormented by an unseen entity and is definitely tormenting their children, you know, we definitely got to make that a priority. And I hope that in the future, the more investigations that we do, the more people find out who we are, you know, normal folk that don't deal with the paranormal, they get to realize who we are and everything. And hopefully once we get to that point, we could start just working off of the referrals. You know, one person refers to another person, you know, refers to another person. You know, I just want us to be busy, be active, be healthy, be happy and resolve people's paranormal issues. That's ultimately what I want to see come out of my group from now to the future. And, you know, that could be for the next five years. It could be for the next 10 years. It could be for the next 20 years. Who knows? We don't know the future. And the fact that we've lasted this long and been active this long, we've beat most of the, the statistics out there when it comes to groups. Because most groups fail within the first uh, two to four years of being open and doing investigations and stuff like that. And that's because a lot of people just, they lose their passion. You know, they lose that burning desire to, to investigate the paranormal or they weren't in the paranormal for the right reasons. They realized it's too much work and they gave up. That's usually the two things that happen. And then a lot of people just take, uh, hiatuses and breaks due to mental uh, capacity to, to handle this because, mm-hmm. you know, doing the paranormal can very much drain you. Yeah. Uh, mentally. Mentally, physically, especially if you're being attacked by an unseen entity, you know, it gets tiring after a while. But what keeps me going is knowing that even though I got my ass kicked at a, at a residential or a cleansing, knowing that a week from now, a week from now, they're going to be better off than they were a week ago. You know what I mean? And that's been my driving force. But yeah, we'll see how things go in the future. Um, I think this year, um, there's going to be ups and downs for sure with this year already. But um, mm-hmm. I think in the end, it's going to be a successful year. Yeah. And the last thing I want to say is I thank all of my group members and I hope that they're listening to this and I want them to know that I am watching you guys and the more you guys help, the more it helps me. The more you guys do, the less than I have to do and then it gives me more time to work on other things. Like like I've referenced on previous episodes, I've been building equipment. Uh, I already finished up two of our uh, EM pumps. I fixed our sb7 i fixed our geophone and now i'm going to be working on our project coffin box so i've been able to work on this because other people have been helping out on the group and realistically speaking my team will not be successful unless everybody puts forth the effort and for those that have put forth the effort 
and have made this team successful, including you, David. I thank you for doing that. Because we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for every single person on the group. Yeah, I don't do much. I just show up. You do a lot more than what you realize, David. And I thank you for it. And that goes for the rest of my group members as well. Not just David in particular, but everybody else on my team. So if you ever see any of my team members out in the wild, you know, thank them for helping me keep my group going. I wish I had a lot of money so I could send you guys off on a cruise and everything like that. But hey, you know, the most I can do is say thank you, you know. Yeah, one day we can go on a big extravagant um, ghost hunt, you know, to a big place that we can do. Yeah. You know, that was a potential plan this year, but just money for a lot of us has just been tight. So we just need to, that's why we need to try to get help from people buying our merch and stuff to try to save that up for a group so we can take our group members out and enjoy ourselves and go to a, a you know nice place like mm-hmm. like we did when we went to the wash show and stuff like that and yeah just try to be able to cover everything because you know gas is expensive and mm-hmm. you know the places and food and everything it just it builds up and mm-hmm. it winds up being like three to four hundred dollars a person to cover everything yep it gets really expensive it does because eventually I would love to go back to Waverly and book that place for like two or three nights. Because one night was definitely not enough for that big building. I would love to get two or three nights under under my belt in that building. True. But I'm not driving there. Yeah. 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 I can't. I'm not doing that. Yeah. That's the, that's the only bad thing is the driving. I prefer to fly, but I don't trust the airlines with my equipment though so that's where it becomes a double-edged sword true i just that's like i think honestly that's the worst part about this entire thing mm-hmm. is the drive i think that's what yeah i think kills me the most about everything yeah i'd rather deal with a demon than drive somewhere <laughs> yeah yeah, because it's not like driving on the East Coast or anything like that, where if you drive for five hours, you'll go through like three or four different states. Here, you drive five hours, you essentially hit central Utah. You're in the other part of the place you were at. Right. So, but that's just how it is out here in the old wild, wild west. But Any last words, David, before we move on to our next topic? Um, no, I think our group's doing all right, uh, future-wise, you know, we'll see where it goes, I have Mm -hmm. decent hopes, I mean, as long, honestly, as long as you and I, I think, still do this, there will always be this group, no matter what, yep, um, whether or not we get thrown all the way down to the bottom and have to start over, or or whatever. I think as long as you and I do this, we'll still have a group. Yep, definitely will. So, Tonopah, David. What were your thoughts on that investigation and that trip? Well, it was a long-ass drive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was it? Eight hours? Uh, Six? Six to seven hours, yeah. Um, But it was... I mean, the worst part about the drive was uh, 
once it started getting dark because if, if anyone's ever driven at night in Nevada uh, you want to kill yourself yeah yeah we've done that a few times already and it explains why people would potentially see a shit ton of uh, UFO activities out in Nevada because mm-hmm. it is pitch black dark out there mm-hmm. like there's so many times where we, we're driving and we're thinking oh when we drive over this hill we'll see the town it'll be there and we drive over the hill and it's just black for miles and miles and miles we're like shit yep and the worst part about nevada too is if you see a gas tank station you fill up no matter where you're at on your thing because the next one is so much further than the one you're at oh yeah yeah we when we went to eureka that was a long drive and we took your truck so that definitely ate a lot of gas uh when we went to tonopah we took your car, which was a lot better on gas, but yeah, we didn't pass up a gas station. Even in 2022 or 2021 when we went, you still don't pass up a gas station, regardless if you get 40 miles to the gallon. Yeah, because yeah, Nevada's crazy like that, but um, Tonopah was cool. We stayed at the Mizba Hotel, um, which in of itself is haunted. It's like one of their main hotels out there, if anyone... Uh, knows of the place yep. and then what we primarily went out there for was the clown motel yes which we did buy a room for investigation purposes but we didn't stay there because it looked all right but it was still a sketchy place to stay in my opinion yeah yeah definitely dated rooms it smelled a little funky in there but it was a fun investigation seeing uh scorpions and putting a black light on them and watch them glow that was that was pretty fun but yeah we did uh we investigated out there in the clown motel and out in the cemetery um me and shane uh, i think we, we got a decent amount of, of interesting stuff out there yeah and then our the our room at the the mispa uh was not too i think you had more experience than i did i did the first night we spent the night there i definitely did have a dream mm-hmm. that later found out was uh in my dream was potentially the female spirit that is said to be there yeah because me not knowing anything about this i just in the morning was just telling my dream and then someone who actually knew the story was like oh come with me and they showed me the picture like a drawn picture of the lady hanging on the wall of yep. who's supposed to be there yep. and they're like oh does that and i'm like yeah it kind of looks like that person you know so i was just it's very interesting and then we ended up doing a, a little walking tour uh of their basement and establishment uh, that m- most people don't get to go to yep. once we you know just ask the staff so that, that was pretty cool for sure uh definitely a wild two two days two nights oh yeah we had one of the best old fashions true. Uh, at the bar across the street from the mitzvah. Very true. It that was, was very good. Because I, I don't like cinnamon yeah. that much. But this was actually pretty good. Because like, like, I hate Fireball and all that. But this was this was a good hearty like cinnamon. Like Felt like they actually had a cinnamon stick in there. Yeah, it's, it's kind of one of those drinks where you invite a couple buddies over and you sit around the... Uh, the, your uh, your study with the with the campfire with the fireplace going and everything like that and just shooting the shit and just drinking it over rocks. A real fireplace. Too. Yep. Real fireplace. Not that, not that electrical shit. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that was good. The food out there was good. Uh, we did put up a camera. And rec- we recorded, let's see, we stayed there, what, two nights, right? Oh, yeah, you recorded us sleeping? Yeah, both nights. That wasn't weird. Yeah, I know. And then <laughs> uh, I did put in a camera. Well, mainly because, you know, you don't know what the what the hell's going on when you're asleep. That's why I wanted to record it because in our room, if I remember correctly, uh, the lady that was in that uh, that picture that I covered it with my shirt because it was freaking me out while I'm laying there watching it just watch me sleep. Um, apparently there's a lady that frequents that room. So I wanted to see if we can catch anything while we were sleeping. So that was the whole preface behind that. It's not an uncommon thing to of investigators to do. But yeah, it's kind of weird. But a lot of other people do that same thing. Yeah, every level that you hit at the mitzvah had a different energy to it. And you can just definitely feel it. Even if you were just to walk this, walk up and down the stairs, you could feel the energy change. Um, if you go up through the elevator, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a burst of energy when you when that door opens and you can just feel it and everything. Well, that's an old ass elevator too. Oh yeah, very. It makes old. a loud ass clunk every time it engages. Mm-hmm. Let's see. The clown motel was fun. We didn't really. I don't know. Like there was some activity inside of the room that we were in, but. The cemetery was also pretty active as well. I thought it was. We did a live stream out there. And that's not including some of the other places that we went to during the day. Like, we went and found that grave where the guy died eating uh, library paste. Uh, Goldfield. Yeah, Goldfield. We we drove up there real quick. We drove by the old, uh, was it the old hotel? Yeah, the Goldfield Hotel. Yep. We went and checked out the uh, car... Jungle, Grave, yeah, it's like yeah, a yeah. junk junkyard, like artistical graveyard of cars yeah. and stuff, graffitied on them and things like that. Yeah, we went there and then we admired some of the weird houses and sculptures and stuff like that that people had in their front yards. And then we went back to Tonopah and we just kind of really hung out there and just checked out the town. Yeah, I think yeah, I don't think there was really a place up there food wise that we didn't enjoy where we ate because like when we first went up to ely before going up there we stopped at that burger place and that was really yep. good yep um and then we went uh when we ate up at tonopah uh, we had the breakfast up there uh we went to what was it there was an a and w place i think we went to we were gonna go to that but then we ended up going to somewhere else wasn't it the barbecue place there, there was the barbecue place, but then yep. there was another place, too, that we walked. Because we pretty much walked everywhere up there. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. But that barbecue place was amazing. And that red beer that they had, oh, I really wish I could have took some of that home. True. Let's see. So we went to, yeah, because it wasn't, but we went to, what was that, the bar we went to that uh, we had that drink at? It was right across the street from the Tonopah. Well, yeah, it was right across the street from the Tonopah and the uh, casino. Well, the the Mitzvah. Yeah, yeah, the Mitzvah, sorry. The Mitzvah Hotel and their casino was right across the street from right there. That was the bar that we went to. We also drank in the casino, and then we also got a drink there at their bar inside the hotel when it was open, anyway. Um, oh, was it? In, uh, there was, see, there was the, the Bug Bar. I remember walking past that. Yep. 
I don't remember all the places we ate out there, but I mean, we didn't really have a problem with any of them. Yeah, the barbecue place was definitely good. So if anybody has ever had a Killian's before, think of a Killian's just 10 times better. That's the kind of red beer that I had at that barbecue joint, and it was superb. But they wanted, like, what, $20 for, like, a bottle of beer or something like that? It was pretty crazy expensive. Yeah. Yeah, it was so expensive. But if I ever get the chance of going out there, I'm definitely stopping there again to eat. Uh, but, yeah, that's basically all that I remember. The activity was pretty pretty good. The trip was awesome. The drive back was a lot better than the drive to. Yeah, that was, was all during the day. It was all during the day, yeah. Because when we yeah. left, we left. We were like leaving Salt Lake at five o'clock. So like by the time we were getting to Wendover, it was like sun setting. Yeah, yeah. Because I took, I uh, let's see, I took time off work so we can leave earlier, and then we ended up not leaving that much early. If I remember correctly. Yeah, but I mean, we made it and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely fun. Definitely worth the trip. Just. Nevada is very boring to drive through. So far, David and I have went through Nevada three times now. I've went through Nevada four times. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a long drive. It's definitely a long drive, but definitely worth it. Definitely. Yeah, worth I mean, it. there's still more places in Nevada we need to eventually try out, too. So, yeah. There's more Nevada in our future, I think. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And I also want to thank Diana and Lon for inviting us onto this little trip investigation out of Tonopah for the Clown Motel, the Mitzvah, stuff like that. I also want to thank Bennett and Vincent for tagging along with us, uh, Kathleen, Cass, anybody else that was there with us for that trip and investigation. We thank you for a wonderful time. We definitely had a lot of fun and adventures so spirit boxes david well technically music boxes anyway i got all three of them pulled up here now the two that i have is the paraforce pmb music box this one's their high dollar it's for it's 3.99 it's made out of real wood it has real metal uh it has an infrared sensor with a light and it's also got the music bit that's run off of just a little just a little three volt motor and and everything like that the cheaper version which you can buy for a lot less expensive right now it's on sale for $199.90 is the Poltertune music box which is essentially the same thing only it's in a plastic box instead of a nice wooden coffin shaped box and the third one that I also own as well is the Crypto Chords Music Box. This one is customizable. So you can read you can buy the box and then you can reach out to the developer and you can tell them what how you want your box to look like and you can also pick whatever music you want to do as well. So for mine, which we will post up pictures on the uh on the group page I got mine as the Bear River Paranormal logo and the music for it is the X-Files music which is pretty cool 
Uh, the only complaint that I have about that particular box, so compare both music boxes. And David, I know you can agree with this. When both boxes go through the initialization phase, right, when you turn it on, the uh, PMB music box takes 10 seconds or less, and then it's good to go. The Vortex Ghost Gear Crypto Chords music box, if you pick a long song, it's going to play through the whole entire song. That is my only complaint is the the initial initialization of that box when you turn it on takes forever so if you have one of these boxes or if you're thinking about getting one of these boxes i recommend that be the last thing you set up because that's going to take the longest for it to initialize and i don't know how most teams operate but i know with my team once we get everything set up and everything we intend to take a five to ten minute break and let the equipment do its thing to see if we pick up anything before we actually start the investigation. But that's just how we do it. Now, David, what are your thoughts on the music boxes? Yeah, I mean, the first time we ever used the the one you got um, that has, like, the little music motor on the top and everything that's very coffin-esque and just looks like that. Um, the very first time we used it, we instantly got uh, credible results from it. Definitely. Um, because it's one of those things where it's pretty simple where it's just from the box at the point it shoots a laser hits a target and if anything breaks that laser after it's initialized uh it'll just trigger like a motion basically and it'll start going off until mm-hmm. it resets so i've always had the hardest time to realize that nothing's walking in front of it what's setting it off and we, had, we reset it and start it and you know it it's very interesting to see it work but the first time we got it we definitely instantly got results Mm-hmm. And then the second one, I think it's more of an upgrade where it is more not a laser. It's actual motion detection Yep. on the front of it. So it has a wider field of range to set to set off the second uh, music box. So, I mean, definitely a bigger improvement. Uh, Love the customization of it and the fact that you can change, uh, personalize the song choice. Because mm-hmm. um, the first one you have, it's a very creepy, you know, tune that you hear. Uh, they're 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 fairly loud for sure. I mean, yeah. you'll you'll be able to tell like if you have one downstairs and you're upstairs, you'll be like, is that going off? Yep, it's going off. You can hear it. Yep. Um, I think it's one of our most used for sure, and I think it's one of the most uh, active equipment pieces that we have that yields more evidence than other equipment that we have. So it's definitely in, in probably our top, f- I would say top five. Yeah. Which is which is a tough list to, to do, but yeah, I, I think it's, I would say it's in the top five. Yeah. So the specifications on both the boxes now for the, uh, for the Paraforce PMB ghost box, music box, the range for the infrared light. So if you th- think about when you point a remote to a TV, you hit the power button and it turns it on. Because it's got an infrared LED on the tip of it that sends a signal to the receiver on the TV. Essentially, that's kind of the same thing that they did with this box, is it's an infrared LED that's on the tip of it, but it only goes out to like five to seven feet. So it's good for like close quarters interaction or anything like that. Um, And the initialization 
only takes like 10 seconds or less when you turn it on. It is fairly expensive comparatively to um, to the CryptoCords music box. Now, like David said, it actually has a motion sensor on the end of it that is kind of illuminates a, like a red glow. And it actually sees uh, at least in what 90 degrees I would say 90 to 180 degrees worth of viewing and it goes out pretty far like you can set it up and about 15 feet away and it will pick things up so that's that's a huge benefit with that one over the paraforce box and also the price too so to get one of the crypto chords music box from vortex ghost gear it's $90 plus $5 shipping, and you can get it customized for free. Comparatively to $399 for the uh, Paraforce PMB Music Box, which is not customizable. It is a hefty piece of machinery, and it is beautiful. It does well, but you get what you pay for. So you can either buy the OG PMB Music Box, you can buy the Poultry Tune for, for a lot less, at least 50% less than the other one. Or you can even get one even cheaper for $90 plus $5 shipping. So less than $100, bucks, you are going to get a good piece of equipment. Personally, I'm not going to sway you each way. They both have their ups and downs. They have their pros and cons. They're both wonderful. We use both of them on every single investigation, practically damn near anyway. And we've gotten great results from both of them. So, up to you if you guys want to get whichever one, but we definitely recommend all three of them. True. But now, there is uh, this cool thing that you're building yes. that I want to hear more about. The, the yes. Coffin Project. So, <clears throat> this kind of this came up with actually owning the CryptoCords music box and the Paraforce PMB and everything. And I kind of want to just do something a little bit different. So originally I was over here in Utah. There's this place called Smith and Edwards. They used to sell these little black coffin boxes, which I wanted to get one of those. So that way I can make it into it, but they ended up not having those anymore. So David actually sent me a link to a coffin box and Without me actually checking the specifications of the box when it arrived, it was a lot bigger than I expected. <laughs> so I had to improvise a little bit, but essentially what I want to do is I want to get this, this coffin box and it's going to have components of like two to three different things. Um, on previous episodes of the BRP podcast, I referenced uh, this uh, creepy rocking horse doll that has a light sensor and everything and it rocks back and forth if it gets triggered and it makes you know horrendous noises and everything like that david absolutely hated it and threatened to smash it every time he saw it but anyway True. <clears throat> i decided to instead of using that i decided to gut it so i wanted the internals of that doll but i wanted to get rid of the doll itself so what i'm planning on doing is which I also found out uh, tearing it apart. It's actually motion activated, light sensing activation, and it is also sound activated as well. So um, the plan is 
is I'm going to have the board in there and I'm going to have the sensor coming out of the out of the 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 front of it. And I'm also going to be putting in the uh, the uh, sound sensor as well. I'm going to drill a hole so that way I can actually hear things and everything. I'm going to drill another hole where this where the speaker is going to go. So that's going to be one component of it. Now attached to that board is actually the mechanical mechanism that made the the uh, rocking horse rock back and forth. I'm planning on rigging up something to the lid so every time it goes off the lid opens and closes. While that's doing that I'm going to have it on a trigger so anytime the door opens it will close the loop and it will turn on the LEDs and when it closes it will open the loop and it will shut off the LEDs. So every time it opens and closes the lights are going to come on and off. Um, and then on top of that, David actually bought one of those DIY EMF kits from Ghost Stop forever ago. I think the date on it was like 2018, 2017, something like that. Yes. Yeah, I bought it forever ago. And uh, he sold it to me for, uh, for a, at a discounted rate. And that's going to be another component of that box is it's also going to have a built-in EMF detector so whenever something comes near it it's going to go off that's the other part of it and then uh, the third part I'm still on the fence of it now I initially said that I'm going to use LEDs particularly blue LEDs anyway for the inside of it but then I also had another thought might as well kill two birds with one stone and uh, why don't I remember those LED uh, strips that came out of that Maverick light that you gave me to play with you remember that um do I remember that the Maverick light that you gave me but the the switch it comes oh, yeah, from the, that oh yeah the switch yeah yeah, yeah. And I'm actually thought about maybe using the uh, white LEDs from that and actually uh, keep those in there instead of using the blue LEDs. And every time it opens, it turns it on. That was another thought anyway. But yeah, because we were gonna we were gonna use because I bought one of those EMF lanterns and we were gonna see if we can try to turn a lantern that I have into a similar thing. Yeah. Which we would need to tear apart that lantern to see exactly what they did to theirs because the one that you gave me anyway, it's it's ba it's a very basic uh, mechanism. Basically, you have the batteries, you have the on and off switch, which when it's fully collapsed, it's in the off position, so it's open circuit. And then once you barely pull it up, like not even a quarter of an inch, if not more, and if not less, it opens up the switch so it closes the circuit and the light leds come on um but i don't know how plus they had the the boards and the leds built in to the actual physical shaft of that light anyway so re realistically speaking there's a bunch of empty space in there so i kind of want to tear yours apart to see what all they put in theirs to see what we can do with ours you know what i mean right yep so, but that's the plan of it. I'm not 100% sure on, on exactly what design I'm planning on going for the outside or anything like that. But once it's, once I get a general idea and everything and get something mocked up, I'll definitely uh, be sending David some pictures of it and getting his opinion on it. And then once it's all complete, we'll definitely show some pictures and everything like that. And once we get it tested out in the field, we'll, we'll let you know how it actually does anyway. 
Nice. Hey, I'm excited to see all the stuff that you worked on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to bust out the stuff and go investigating again now that we've gotten some more equipment that's been uh, retired and then brought back into service now that they're all fixed and everything. Because the, the SB7 that I fixed, I mean, it, it, I didn't technically fix it. I can't really fix it at this moment because I can't figure out which component on the actual physical chip itself that has failed. Because when I plugged in the batteries, I could see the ba the power from the batteries, but in the circuit it's getting lost but when you plug it into an outlet it powers on just fine so what I did was I found another cord with the same power requirements and same um, adapter for it cut it spliced in a USB cord and now it can run off of a battery bank just fine interesting yeah improvises that's basically what I had to do but you know it works though it does so any last words on the music boxes David no alright well we thank everybody for listening to this episode of the BRP podcast our next episode is going to talk about investigations what groups shouldn't do on investigations we got another residential that David and I are going to be talking about and then we have another piece of equipment that David has in his possession that we would love to educate you guys on. So we thank you for tuning in to us, and you guys have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. You are listening to the Bear River Paranormal Podcast, BRP Podcast. If you or you know of someone who is having issues with an entity or a possible haunting, please send us an email, text, or call. You can find all of our information at www bearriverparanormal.com We work 24-7 so we can resolve your paranormal issues quickly and as conveniently as possible. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Bear River Paranormal Podcast. Toss us a rating or a review. You can also find us on Facebook at BRP Podcast. If you are interested in sponsoring us, or if you like your products featured on the show, please send us a message. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful rest of your day.